unaltered. There is magic in the mundane, bliss in the banal. The day is your dharma. I'm your host, Amaryllis, Ayurvedic health counselor, yogini, and Akashic Records reader. And this is your life, altered. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Altered Podcast. If you've been listening for a few weeks now and you feel that you're enjoying this, that you're benefiting from it, please go to the Apple Podcasts and leave a review or a rating. It helps share the podcast with others and helps spread the podcast and it is deeply appreciated. So my thanks in advance. This episode today is a little bit different. It's a recording, and this was a recording done, mm, I want to say, last year in April, right as things were really just very clear that it was shutting down and this was going to be this was going to be a thing. There was a lot of fear and anxiety, and I decided to make a program, oh, weekly or bi-weekly emailed program about anxiety and the Ayurvedic perspective on anxiety and a bigger picture of looking at anxiety, the deeper roots of anxiety, and not just quick fixes, but really understanding the roots. And then also from there, strategies and ideas to help with that. And it's by no means just quick fixes or things that will instantly take the anxiety away, but still things that when implemented over time as a regular part of your life or whenever you feel anxiety coming up, that it can help alleviate it. I wanted to share this recording on the podcast as an intro to Ayurveda and perhaps to anxiety because a lot of people are still living with heightened anxiety, and understandably so. Chances are anxiety was there even before COVID, even before all the events of this past year have unfolded. So this podcast is for all those who have been struggling with anxiety throughout your life, or even recently, to understand where it's coming from. And even though it doesn't go into it specifically in this episode, the program goes through ideas and strategies for balancing and reducing the anxiety. This podcast is also different, one, in that it's a recording, but you're going to hear that the sound is different. The audio quality is different because I had a different microphone. I had a different setup. But this is a recording that was made as a video. So the presentation is different altogether. It I'm not speaking the way I would if I was doing for audio only. So there are definitely sections where you can tell someone is supposed to be looking at me or looking at the slide. I had the video with a slideshow. So it's different in that regard. And then also, I don't think I've done a, an episode on just Ayurveda so far. So this, what you're about to hear is a little intro to Ayurveda and then the Ayurvedic take on anxiety as a vata imbalance. If you have a listen and you are interested in learning more or continuing on with the rest of the recordings, I did them as a program emailed series. The link is in the bio. It's called Anxiety Aid. It's a four-week program 
delivered via email, two emails a week, and it gives more ideas about how to ground and how to bring Vata into balance. Let me know your thoughts on this episode, whether this resonates with you and seems to really hit home. Oh yeah, I've had a Vata imbalance. I I didn't understand what that was and all of this makes total sense. Enjoy and I will see you next time. So first I'm going to be talking about just Ayurveda in general, and then we're going to get more into anxiety and working with strategies to help and to heal. So first, Ayurveda, for those that don't know, it is the ancient sister science of yoga. It is known to be at least 5,000 years old, but it's still applicable and relevant even today. So everything that they're learning all the research that they're doing on meditation and yoga um, is being verified through scientific methods, through the Western method. And Ayurveda is going to end up being the same because it's a sister science of yoga. And um, yoga is kind of seen as this physical practice and something we do on the mat and in a class. Whereas Ayurveda is about how you live, like all day, every day, you're waking up, your bedtime, the how and when you do things during your day. So it's really about your life and lifestyle. It's holistic and it's based on the elements of earth, water, fire, air, and ether. And some of you might've heard of this through Chinese medicine. So it's thought that Ayurveda started and then went over to Asia, into Asia and China, and that's where it was um, modified a little bit. So there's a lot of commonalities between ancient uh, Chinese medicine and Ayurveda, and they also work with the elements. So a lot of similarities there, but a little, some differences too. Um, Ayurveda describes and understands everything in the natural world. So some people that know about Ayurveda think that it's just about the doshas. And they're like, oh, it's a personality type. Like, what's my dosha? The doshas can describe us as people, but that's only because we are a part of nature. The, um, how it does this is that it it has, Ayurveda has 10 pairs of opposite qualities. These are called gunas. I don't think I mentioned that at all through the rest of the program. So just know that there's qualities and these 10 pairs of opposites, kind of like um, cloudy and clear, light, heavy, cold, hot, things like that. These 10 pairs of opposites are used to describe everything in our natural world. You can use these qualities to describe the quality of um, a rock or the season of summer or old age, and aspects of the mind and our human form. So anything in the natural world can be described through these qualities. These qualities also make up the doshas. And we're going to go into one specifically. So what are the doshas? The doshas are elemental energies. So it's each dosha is made up of certain elements. And there are three in Ayurveda. There's vata, pitta, and kapha. The one that we're really going to be talking about is vata. 
And so we're going to learn more about vata, not so much about pitta and kapha. You're welcome to do your own research into that. Um, but our focus is going to be on vata. Everybody has all three qualities within them. It's said that at conception, the moment of conception, there's um, a percentage of each within you. And that is considered your doshic nature. And usually there's one or two that are stronger. And that's, that's okay. That's the way it's supposed to be. People aren't meant to have all three like perfectly balanced. No, everybody has a unique combination of these. And everybody has all three. There's nobody that doesn't have one of these. It's just what is your unique constitution. So you have this at birth. And then as you go through life, imbalances start to happen. And that's when you start to look at um, the issues and the challenges, the darker side of these, these doshas or the, the negative side of these doshas. Also know that Ayurveda is aligned with circadian science. There are three gentlemen that were awarded a Nobel Prize a couple of years ago in their research into how uh, the rhythm of night and day and the sun, essentially the sun, affects our cellular biology. And I laugh because it's like in Ayurveda, Ayurveda is thinking, duh, we've known this always. Um, so if you've heard anything about circadian science, or now that I'm mentioning to you, you might start hearing about it in the news, you're only gonna hear more about it, about um, how certain things in the body happen at a certain time during the day and that there's these clocks within you. And it's really interesting because you can't change those clocks. It doesn't matter what your work schedule is. It doesn't matter if you consider yourself to be a night owl. It doesn't matter. Um, it doesn't matter at all about what you do in your life. It never changes unless you change time zones. So if I went to the opposite side of the world and there's a new time where the sun is setting, my body will adjust and go with the sun. So our body, our cells follow the sun and it's, it's called circadian science. We're going to be talking about some of this later. So that's a part of why I'm bringing it up, but also to let you know that um, Western science fields are validating what Ayurveda has always been uh, proclaiming as truth. Um, or medicine, or helpful, or healing, and I, circadian science is right there with it, but also with the rise in popularity of yoga, we've got pop culture also starting to spread Ayurveda, and some people don't realize that these are Ayurvedic components, so things like golden milk, uh, herbs like ashwagandha. That's like a huge one now. Everybody's all into the adaptogens and especially ashwagandha. That's an Ayurvedic herb. Um, intermittent fasting. So not quite that specifically, but the idea of um, space between the meals. All of this is Ayurveda along with the circadian science. So you're going to keep hearing about um, Ayurveda or things that are within the umbrella of Ayurveda come into our culture more and more. <clears throat> so let's talk about vata, because 
This is where anxiety lives. I first want to give some background about Vata. Okay, so you've got um, Vata is a dosha, and I said it's comprised of the elements. With Vata, you have the element of ether and air. Ether is like space, just like uh, when you think about space, you just think about expanding, like this slow expansion outward into infinity. That's space. And then with air, or some people would say wind, you've got this um, image of movement. And that's more of where we're going to focus on the vata quality of air, not so much the ether. Ether is there, but more about the air. <clears throat> You've got, with Vata, it is the energy of movement. It sets the rhythm for things and it is responsible in humans for the movement of all bodily functions. Anytime you're talking about moving, moving the physical form, <laughs> um, the beating of the heart, the movement of um, excretions down and out, the uh, circulation of blood, and even the uh, movement of thoughts in the mind. All of that is vata. Qualities. So this is going back to the gunas that I was talking about. The 10 pairs of opposites that describe each of the doshas. So with vata, you have the qualities of dry, light, cold, mobile, rough, and clear. We'll go through those as examples a little bit later, or you'll continue to see how those show up. The season of Vata, because there's a Vata season, a Kapha season, a Pitta season. <clears throat> vata season is in the fall and early winter. And you can see why that would be, because if you look at fall, everything starts to get very dry. All the leaves dry up, become brittle. Uh, they become lighter, the weather starts to become cold. There's a mobility because all the leaves start dropping and falling. Um, we tend to see wind during the fall, helping the leaves to fall. But then also there just come these autumn winds. There's a roughness and a clarity. Because when you think about fall, you think about like the crackling of these leaves, these rough. Um, and so early winter also. Uh, is where it moves through until you get to spring, which is a kapha season. So the energy of vata is up and out. By comparison, the energy of pitta is just up, like a, like a rocket ship, just aggressively, forcefully up. And the energy of kapha is like down, which a lot of us need more of. So with Vata, there's a whole energy of everything goes up and out, either expanding like space or just like all around like wind. And I think some of you are probably saying, yeah, yeah, I get it. So in terms of the body, Vata in the body, this is people who um, maybe were born as vatas, or you might find that if you have a vata imbalance right now, some of this will relate. So if you're born as a vata, you tend to be very thin, 
maybe even underweight. You might be tall. Lots with the joints. Um, vata, pe people who are born physically as a vata, um, you can see their bones. And people are always like, you need to eat. And it's like, well, vatas, like you just see their bones. They have bony protrusions or their skin's very thin. They're just bony. Um, they tend to have dry skin, rough skin, uh, cold skin, or they, they're always cold. Like the hands and feet especially are really cold. So this isn't just people who are born as vatas, but even vata imbalance. Um, small eyes, blinking a lot. You can tell that I'm a vata. Uh, because as you start to learn about this, you realize I have really small eyes. I move around a lot. I blink a lot. I love to move my hands everywhere. Um, yeah, so you can observe vata in people. You Once you know about the doshas and how it shows up in people, you can look at people and be like, yep, yep, yep. <clears throat> a sensitive nervous system. It, the nerves can easily get shot with a vata because... Um, uh, there's a sensitivity that's there. Um, so because of that sensitivity, they can easily get overstimulated. If you're born as a vata, you have a long neck, long fingers. With digestion, which is very important in Ayurveda, vatas lean toward really weak digestion. They don't have this really strong digestive fire. And some people, um, if you are a pitta in terms of your digestion, you know what a pitta fire, digestive fire is, because when it's lunchtime, you could straight up murder somebody if you don't get food now. Like, oh, it's this ferocious, ferocious hunger. And vata people or people who are vata imbalanced don't have that. Like the fire, they they kind of could go without eating. Um, they, they actually do forget to eat sometimes. Um, there's gas. The gas doesn't smell. It's an odorless gas. Stinky gas is more of a pitta thing. Constipation, because we're talking about this dried out quality, um, their body starts drying out. Uh, the skin starts to dry out and the internal state becomes more dry. So you might find that there's hard poop or what we call rabbit poop like little balls like hard balls of poop or you just don't poop and and it's constipation in that way um irregular eating and irregular bowel movements so again all of this is about vata anxiety dwells within vata so that's why i'm giving you this bigger perspective some of you might really be resonating and saying yes i'm a vata and i never knew it some of you might recognize it only in its imbalanced state. Um, so about vata, we have these positives. People who are vata people, kind of like born as vatas, are um, really creative, enthusiastic, positive. Um, they love change and are really adaptable to new things. They are movement oriented. So there's a lot of, there's no dosha that's like bad. Every dosha has positive and negatives. <clears throat> so the people that are born as vatas will relate here to these positives. If you're um, imbalanced as a vata, no matter what your dosha, 
you might recognize a lot of these more negatives. Feeling ungrounded, feeling very insecure and lack of confidence, a lack of direction and ease, like there's just no ease. You might um, do things erratically, restlessly, fidgety, indecisive, fearful and anxious, spaced out, uh, resist routine. So we're gonna talk more about Vata imbalance. And this is, this is where we're really talking about anxiety. Anxiety is a Vata imbalance. Um, so here we have examples of what it looks like to be a Vata who is imbalanced or to have a Vata imbalance. Sleep issues. You're having trouble falling asleep or waking up in the Vata time of the night. We're going to go through this in another minute. The Vata time of the night is between two and four. And um, so if you, well, we'll talk about that in a minute. <laughs> so sleep issues. Um, dehydration. And you can see that because of your really dry skin and constipation, either hard stools or lack of, of daily bowel movement. Erratic eating, um, which means that you're skipping meals or you're snacking all day and not really having a solid meal or you're eating at different times every day. And because of this, there is a tendency to bloat, to have that odorless gas, to have malabsorption. So you know that you have malabsorption. If you look and stick out your tongue, there's these ridges along the side of the tongue and it looks like teeth marks. It's not teeth marks. It's, um, it's an imbalance. It comes from the small intestines showing that you are not taking in the nutrients of the food that you're eating. Um, let's see. Vatas can be very easily addicted to substances. A vata imbalance will show up for sure with anxiety and anxiety-based depression. There's a refusal to have routines or practices that ground them. They're like, no, I don't want to. Like, I don't want to have to schedule it. I don't want to have to commit. I don't want to. They'll resist any kind of routine. Also, vatas who are imbalanced always have to be moving. And it, it's not a pitta kind of movement. Like a pitta, um, if I haven't said it already, pitta is like the energy of fire and transformation. Pittas are very driven and goal-oriented. So it's not having to be moving like a pitta. Pittas like are always moving towards a goal. When you are imbalanced with the vata, it's more movement just for movement's sake, like just for busyness or just because you can't sit still. Just um, There's no real direction to it. Vata imbalance might mean that you crave a lot of dry foods. This might be something you want to track and pay attention to. How much dry food am I eating? Which also will contribute to the dehydration and the constipation because the dry foods will dry out the, um, dry you out through the digestive process. Crackers, popcorn, cereal, granola, chips, pretzels, jerky, dried fruit, like, um, nuts, like raw nut, just munching on nuts. All of that is super dry and hard, but those are like the things that you crave, like mm. um, can't come down and get grounded. So you have this feeling like you're just up 
and it's like you feel like you should come down, but you're just up. Extremely forgetful or unfocused. Um, you might have dreams, but you can't put them into action because there's a lack of direction. You're moving, moving all the time, but not in the direction of a goal or something that's focused. And you have all these thoughts and ideas and ah, but nothing can actually, in a way, get accomplished. A mind that races heart palpitations. With heart palpitations, that's that uh, irregularity of movement. Vata tends to be irregular, and that's why there's no routine or rhythm. It's just um, if your heart is beating like irregularly sometimes or doing a jump or a skip, that's irregularity. And the nerves are shot. This is the dosha clock. So a lot of you might have <laughs> seen way too many things on the previous slide that you thought, uh, that is weird how much that described me. Uh, if that is you, for sure, you're in the right place. It's, it's not because I'm psychic. It's just because anxiety lives in Vata, and Vata can explain a whole lot of things and the Ayurvedic perspective on it. I mentioned in the previous slide that we're going to come back to the sleep. So this is the dosha clock. I had mentioned how we, um, how circadian rhythm governs everything in our body and it goes by time on our clocks and the clocks go by the sun we have here on this clock from let's see like 10 to 2 2 to 6 6 to 10 this goes twice through in a 24-hour cycle Right. The part that we're going to focus on, you don't have to focus on this so much. It might not even make sense right now. The part that we're focusing on here is the Vata time. I said it's between, it, it's technically between two and six. So two in the morning and six in the morning. The time that I brought up was between two and four. That's um, usually if you have any kind of vata imbalance, that's when you're going to find you're waking up and you don't know why. And sometimes people can wake up on the dot. They look at their clock, two o'clock. Like, oh, why? Or 2.30. So usually it's between 2 and 3.30 when most people will just like wake up. And they don't know why. They're just awake. Their mind just starts floating to all different sorts of things. Uh, Pittas can wake up, um, but a, a pitta waking up is more they woke themselves up because their mind was thinking so specifically about one thing, like planning and organizing and strategizing. And through the sleep, like there's still so much um, intensity and focus on this one thing that they wake themselves up with the intensity of it. That's different than Vata waking up. Vata just like wakes up and like, uh, what? And you don't know what or why. Pittas, if it's a Pitta type of insomnia, they'll know why. They're like, oh, I'm thinking about this and ah, and there's like this intensity and fieriness to it. Vatas are like, ah, I'm just awake. And most of the time they can't get back to sleep 
for at least an hour, but sometimes two to three hours. And by that time, little ones are up or they have to get up and start their day. And so missing out on sleep, which is never a good thing. Sleep is the best medicine possible. There's nothing that I'm going to say in this program that will beat sleep. Um, so my hope is that all of the things that I'm leading you through will ultimately help you sleep better if you are having trouble sleeping because sleep is the medicine, the ultimate medicine. Nothing beats it. Nothing beats sleep. So if you're the person that's like staying up late or compromising your own sleep through your own choices, please reconsider those actions and, and the things that I go through might help you to do that. Um, so it's hard because at night you're waking up, you're like, why am I awake? I'm so tired. I just want to sleep. Ah, and it's so frustrating. But what it is with this understanding of Ayurveda and the dosha clock, knowing that uh, stress and anxiety is a vata imbalance, you know that you're waking up in the vata time because things during the vata time get why you wake up during this time is because of the qualities that I talked about with the vata. It's very light and very clear. So you start to shift at the vata time around two o'clock in the morning into vata sleep, which is, there's just um, a quality of lightness. Um, it's not as heavy and as deep of a sleep, which is why if you have stress and anxiety, in the nervous system that hasn't been relieved and alleviated, it's going to wake you up. So it's, it's your body communicating to you, hey, I have stress. I have so much stress that I like, it's waking me up. It's your body trying to tell you, I need to calm. I need to de-stress. I need to reduce and relieve the anxiety or whatever it is that's creating this <gasps> in this buildup in the nervous system that's so jacked up that you can't even sleep. So the next time that you wake up in the middle of the night, instead of getting angry and frustrated, start to look at it as, oh, it's my body talking to me. And it's a message to me that the things that I'm doing currently are not working. I'm clearly not doing things that clear stress and anxiety from my nervous system because it's showing me that it's not okay. It's waking me up. Um, I can attest to this. I used to wake up all the night or every night, um, not because of my daughter or anything else, but because it was just like, I'm awake. <laughs> I understand the infuriating feeling of it. Um, and once I understood this, and once I spent time doing the vata balancing practices, I noticed I don't wake up in the middle of the night anymore. I sleep on through because my nervous system is in a place where it's like, it's okay. It's good. We're good. And if I happen to wake up in the middle of the night, like a couple of nights in a row, I know. I say, yep, the vata Vata imbalance, I've got stress built up in my system, and I immediately start going through and thinking, um, what, what have I been doing? What in my life is going on that I'm not processing well enough? What is in my life right now that is stressing me out that maybe I'm not really acknowledging? I got to do something about it. I got to process it. 
I get to change it. Even if I can't change it, I got to figure out a way to accept it. So I have definitely worked with this and can attest, yes, it's possible to sleep through the night. <clears throat> so I think this is, yeah, this is the next to last slide. What throws Vata out of balance? No routines, no schedule. It's kind of like, whenever, whatever, we don't know. And with that comes anxiety because the body and the mind never know, never knows when you're going to exercise, when, never knows when you're going to eat because sometimes you don't eat maybe or sometimes you overeat. And then like, don't eat, like it doesn't know when it's going to get food. It doesn't know when you're going to go to sleep. It doesn't know like what the day is going to bring. There's, there's no kind of rhythm and routine that you can like sink into. It's one of the first things that teachers learn when they're um, working with kids. They're like, there must be a structure to the day so that the children know what to expect so that they know after this, we do this. And then after that, we do this. And with that comes a feeling of, because ah, I know what to expect, because I know what's coming. And with that, I mean, just even my mannerism, just like, there's an ease to it, because I know. Now, I also get that um, for some of you, you're in a place where if you have little ones, there is the unpredictability. So don't uh, take this and like point the finger at your kids and blame your kids or your partner or your job or anything else like that. Start looking at the things that you can control and how are they out of rhythm. Um, other things that throw Vata out of balance, travel. Anytime you're, so some people travel or um, have a long commute or do lots of driving around for their work or flying. Flying is extremely vata aggravating because one you're hurtling yourself up through the sky across multiple time zones um different and you're, you're landing and so you're ungrounded you can see why it's it's so aggravating to vata travel in general and just kind of this like going 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 because you don't have the ground beneath you you don't feel settled and stable can throw off vata and it doesn't it doesn't mean that you can never travel. It just means when you do travel, you have to be aware. How is this creating an imbalance for me that I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of before. I didn't know. And I didn't know what I didn't know. There can be a lack of uh, presence that throws off Vata. So with this, uh, I tend to think of multitasking. You're doing a bunch of things, but you're not really doing anything because the mind isn't there. So there's this kind of like, uh, uh, like hurry, scurry, doing a couple of different things, but doing neither of them really well. Um, so you aren't present. The mind, the body isn't actually here. The feeling is more of like, like the things. And I keep doing the movements because I think it hits home for a lot of people. You get when I do this exactly what that is. You're like, yeah, I get it. I live in it. I know, I know. And so that is more the place that we're looking to go. 
Uh, anything that's cold, dry, light, so like the season of fall, you might find that you get more out of balance more quickly than any other time. Um, eating lots of cold, dry foods like salads, ice cream. Well, ice cream isn't dry, it's cold. Um, but like the crackers, all those things that I said, you might keep an eye out for uh, what you're eating. And <laughs> is that actually throwing you out of balance and creating problems for yourself? Incessant movement. If you're always on the go, always on the move, always busy, 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 and moving around, it, it can throw vata out of balance. Pregnancy and postpartum. So this is the space that I've been in for the past, what, five years. Pregnancy is a time of change. It's a time of unknowns. Your body is changing, the hormones are changing, your relationship is changing, you don't know what your life is gonna be like. Lots of people end up buying a house and moving. There's so many things. So as you move through pregnancy, Vata accumulates and you become even more and more and more into a state of Vata until you birth the baby. And then you're definitely in a state of Vata. And um, mamas who, new mamas who have just given birth have extremely dry skin. They literally have an open, uh, open space in their body as the uterus starts to contract back down. Um, the, with the hormones and the breastfeeding, all of that is going out of whack. And if you're a mama and you've experienced this, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And it's such a time of change. You never know what to expect in terms of your sleep and baby sleep. And it's just like out the window, any kind of routine or even sanity during your day. Um, so this is a time when women really have to focus on balancing and grounding vata. And what I will say about this in Ayurveda is if special care is not taken in the postpartum time, that vata imbalance will carry through that year, two years. It can carry through decades for women who don't understand what happened and the fact that they never uh, brought that vata imbalance back into a place of balance. balance. And then mamas get pregnant again and go through that whole vata imbalance. And if they don't heal and ground in that postpartum time, which is so hard, it's so hard in our society, it's, there's no blame, um, but the imbalance is still there. And it has a ripple effect in our life, in our bodies and in our mind. And for some of you, you might be thinking, yep, that's exactly when it started and I haven't been able to do anything about it. It's exactly when I got pregnant and definitely after I had my child or every single child, it got worse. That's a part of why. Stimulants and overstimulation. Oh, no, the nerves are so sensitive with vata. So any kind of overstimulation, like, again, multitasking, like TV late at night, coffee, caffeine, really. Uh, it's hard on vata. Busyness that masks trauma. So sometimes there's things, trauma, whatever that means to you in your life, uh, a busyness that means that I can't be still because if I'm still or I stop, 
I know I have this feeling that something's going to come up and I can't deal with it. I can't handle it. So there's like this busy, 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 busyness um, because we aren't willing to, to look into and to heal that trauma. Any kind of change. And there are some vatas who love change, love it so much. They're like, yes, let's do this different. It's kind of like uh, the, the people that are always rearranging the furniture in the house and moving things around, redecorating, like just inviting those small changes. But if you have too much change all the time, then yeah, it can aggravate and throw off the balance of vata. Fasting, skipping meals, eating on the run, all of that you can see is um, irregular movement. And, um, oh, so let me speak specifically about this. Pitta people who burn themselves out. If you didn't relate to previous slides where I talked about vata, if you were born as a vata, and the vata and the positive qualities, if you're like, no, it's not really me, you might be a pitta. And uh, the quality of pitta, again, is fire and transformation uh, pitta people tend to be as i mentioned very goal oriented very driven they will push and they will keep doing keep accomplishing keep getting the accolades and the certifications and doing the things and doing more things and adding on more things and they're like yeah and the problem is that pittas can do that because they can, because they have that intensity and that fire and that drive. But at a certain point, they will burn themselves out if they do not understand how to not always go so fast and so hard. And that might be the place that you're in, because when you hit that place as a pitta and you burn yourself out, now you, are, now you have a vata imbalance. So now these pitta people are suddenly feeling really dry starting to get constipated, starting to um, have a lot of anger because anger is like a lot of pitta stuff, but also anxiety. Um, so they start seeing these vata imbalance um, symptoms, but it didn't make sense because it wasn't that way before. So if that sounds like you, know that you might have been a pitta person who went so hard for so long in such an imbalanced pitta state that now it's created a vata imbalance. And so you have to work with the vata imbalance first because that's where you're at now. And um, so this needs to be alleviated first. Okay, last slide. So reflection. This was a lot, I know. And for those that have never heard of Ayurveda and know nothing about what I'm talking about, this is a lot to absorb, to digest, and to take in do so slowly. Take in what you can. Don't worry about the rest. This is always here for you. A way to digest and process some of what you've learned is to reflect. In whatever way you want, my ideal recommendation is to write it with your hand. There's something, there's something about the hand moving and writing and processing that goes to the brain in a different way and um, gets processed in a different way than just typing it on a phone. But if you know that you are not going to handwrite anything and you just need to do it on your phone or your iPad or your computer, then do that, just do that. So reflection, what ahas did you have? What in this first video 
felt really true for you. Just like, ding, that right there resonated with me. Is there something you want to do a little more research on that you learned about? In what ways have you been living that have created a Vata imbalance? Now that you know more about Vata and kind of understand or can see more of what creates it, you can reflect back on how you've been living for the past few years or maybe even your whole life. Maybe your family um, didn't know and, and couldn't support you in living a grounded kind of life. And maybe you recognize, my mom has always lived like this. And I kind of I just picked up this behavior from her. And so there's no blame. Again, there's no judgment. It's just you're recognizing, hmm, yeah, maybe. But I also see the power that I can change and shift things for myself now, no matter how my family history might have been or my previous years as an adult. And what things are you going to pay more attention to now that you have an awareness of vata? and the qualities of vata and the things that show up when vata is imbalanced, then what is it that you're gonna pay more attention to? And notice, maybe even track. I'm taking off the screen share because I just wanted to say a goodbye to you. I thank you for, so much for being here. Again, this is the longer of the videos. The next one might be a little bit shorter, but still more lengthy than the other ones. I hope that you found this helpful and informative and that you're starting to see the pattern of cause and effect and that when these things happen, it creates these things. And that again, there's no blame or judgment, that it's simply cause and effect. And if I do different things or do things in a different way, then I'll have different effects and different results in my life. Thank you so much for being here and I will see you on the next recording. Remember that spirit guides but never decides. How will you choose this hour, this day, this week at the altar of your life? Thank you so much for listening. If you feel called, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review and share it. Also, connect with me and discover more on Instagram at Amaryllis underscore Fernandez. Until next time.